Hello everybody, welcome to the Economy and You Show proudly brought to you by Onza Beka. My name is Jemima Chella and I will be your host for today. On today's program, we have a very special guest. He is the founder and director of one of Zambia's finest management agencies. His name is Emmanuel Mwale from Emmanuel Mwale and & Company. And today he will be giving us all the tips, tricks and secrets of business planning. So we know that a business plan is basically a blueprint on how you aim to achieve your goals in business. Now, my question is, do we just create the business plan and keep it to ourselves or do other people get to see the business plan as well? Uh, a business plan has got uh, various audiences. Uh, that's a very good question. A business plan has got various audiences. A business plan is for you, uh, the owner of the business, um, trying to figure out how you get to your goals. A business plan is also for your team. When you're hiring people, you need to bring them up to speed in terms of what you're planning to achieve in your business. A business plan is also intended for uh, raising capital. Uh, when you go to a bank today, when you go to anybody that is going to give you an investment, so mm-hmm. they can see a business plan so they can be like put out any capital to help uh, invest in your business. Uh, a business plan is also for potential strategic partners. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start a business, you don't have all the skills yourself. You may mm-hmm. not even have any of the technical skills required to run that business. A business plan is important to help draw um, the interest of those people that may partner with you to execute your business. Now, you've spoken about having multiple audiences. And one of the fundamental rules of writing is to be mindful of your audience. Does that mean that I need to prepare different business plans to cater to different audiences? Or can I just have one business plan that any interested party can read? You can write a business plan, one business plan that speaks to all audiences in one. Fantastic. So when do you think is the best time to create a business plan? Uh, a business plan should be made at the very, very beginning of your business. And every year you want to review your business plan, so you write a new strategic plan for the, for the year that follows. Mm-hmm. So you write it at the very, very beginning. Before you spend your first one quarter, mm-hmm. you want to look at how am I planning on delivering on the goals and objectives that I have set. Mm-hmm. So that's where the business plan comes in. You don't uh, start operating a business before you have the business plan on hand. So you write that at the very beginning. Otherwise, you may risk losing your capital or the capital of those that have uh, risked their money to put in your business. Or you may risk losing the time of those partners that you've got involved. Make the business plan at the very, very beginning. All right. Now let's assume that I'm back on campus and I notice that there is a huge market demand for eggs. And by huge, I mean it is huge. But then on a good week, I'm selling two trays of eggs and an average week, I'm just selling literally eggs and egg or two here and there. Don't you think that my business is way too small to create something as formal as a no, business no, plan? No, no, that's not. It's too small. So this is what I believe, Shemaima. Um, this is what we believe at Ibanyan Gwale Company. So there's no such thing as a small business. You're mm-hmm. either a startup or a growing business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a startup today, everybody needs a business plan. It doesn't matter what uh, type of trade you're going into. Selling eggs is the food business. It's very much scalable. You want to start out with a business plan, and you know, it's small to start out with a business plan. It doesn't right. matter whether you're going to start with uh, 10 trays, one tray. You want to start with a business plan. How am I going to get this business from 10 trays to mm-hmm. 100 trays? I understand. Before this interview, we took a trip down your social media and we saw something very, very interesting that you post a lot. 
it's business planning the Imwalewe. Could you please tell us what business planning the Imwalewe is and how to write a business plan the Imwalewe? We, we talk about that in the office. So when you look at uh, information that is out there about business planning, you notice that most of this is coming from the Europe, it's coming from the Americas, it's coming from the Asians. There isn't much information about how uh, an African business would structure an African business in an African way. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of these methods that we're using currently to structure businesses are methods that were boring from out there. And this really creates a position of struggle for us. So what Emmanuel Mwale and company has done is that we've created business planning the Emmanuel Mwale way, mm-hmm. which is basically designing a business to fit the market dictates in the country where we're operating. So our structure is a hybrid structure. Yes. We do not take the 1980s, 1960s version of business plan, which is basically what you download off the internet. Okay? Mm-hmm. You don't have to download that off the internet. You can come to us and get the proper advisory and we hope you write a great business plan. Our business plans cover four basic things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cover your business. They cover how your business will operate. That is three things there how your business will create value, how your business will deliver value, and how your business will capture value back. And we look at funding structures, we look at governance structures, we look at financial statements, and all of those other financial um, uh, essential uh, components that come with the business plan. The key thing there is the business model aspect, the create, deliver, capture. Uh, that is business planning the manual, by the way. And when you look at old business plans, compare them to our type of business plans, you realize that our business plans are dynamic and are active. It's right. not a document that you write today and part. Mm-hmm. It's a document that you write and continually refer to. And the most beautiful thing about it is that you can always speak it to adjust to what is happening in the market. For example, COVID-19 has hit us. If I wrote my business plan in December 2020, mm-hmm. before 2021 came, 2021 came, and all of a sudden, COVID-19 has somehow surged. Sure. How do I respond to that? Mm. How do those plans, because of that structure, are able to sort of respond and you're able to adjust uh, moving forward? Nice. I love that. Now, you mentioned something about a hybrid structure. Could you please explain to us what a hybrid structure is? Hybrid structure is a combination of what you'll... Uh, previously was just simply an academic document. Your business plan was previously just an academic document without speaking much to the operational needs of the business. A hybrid structure speaks to both the academic, uh, which is the research, the mm-hmm. detail of what kind of market you're going into, and also speaks to how you're going to actually operate your business in terms of what are we going to do, mm-hmm. how are we going to do it. Mm-hmm. That is the hybrid structure. So we're covering both the academic side of things and the business model side of things. These two things are critical and they need to meet at some point. Our business plans enable these two parts to meet. And so it's called a hybrid structure. Uh, business planning is a manual one way. But for me who is just starting out selling eggs and I'm barely making any money, do you think I can still acquire the services of a management agency like yours? Yes, Jemima, absolutely. Um, actually, we will do for deliberately for you uh, that's starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, our prices, uh, I'm sure this is referring to our pricing. Our pricing is deliberately almost giveaway. So mm-hmm. 
were priced below deliberately because we see the uh, small business sector as what will first growth of the Zambian economy if support is given to it. And so, yes, uh, starting out today, this is what I think our pricing is uh, as like as the uh, standard pricing. Uh, that is the moment we are pricing for the small business owner, whether you are a pre-revenue business or a post-revenue business, whether you are a startup capital, you don't have startup capital, our pricing is there to speak to you. I feel like a quick Google search on how to grow my business will review thousands and thousands of articles and videos on how to grow my business. What tips do you have for me on how to grow my business? Well, good question. The reality of every business is that business growth is always in direct response to whether or not you're meeting customer needs, uh, whether or not you're meeting market demand. So if you have a product today that does not fit what the market is looking for, you may not see the upside of uh, revenue growth for that business. You may not see the upside of customer uptake of your product and services. So you must always try to create a product market fit or try and deliver a product market fit. Uh, that will definitely speak to the growth of your business. So if uh, your customers are not responding to your current product, you want to iterate and look for a product that customers will respond to. That is what always grows businesses. Uh, take any large company out there today, you will notice that their services address a very, very important need for their customers. And that is what grows their businesses. I see. Now you've spoken about knowing market demand. But as a small business, how can I get a picture of how large my market is? How can I tell what my market demand is? Um, other than research, uh, so you have a lot of information uh, out there about products and services. So for example, today you spoke about the egg business. Uh, we have statistics with the Zambian Statistics Agency about how much of eggs we produce in the country, uh, how much of eggs are consumed in the country. So we know what the deficit is. We know how much of these eggs we still need to produce to be able to meet the consumption demands of the country. So there's, there's a vast amount of information out there that you can utilize to scale whether or not um, the test or scale whether or not the product has the right demand out there. Uh, in the example of eggs, we know what our culture produce is mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. And these statistics are available with the MS Statistics Agency. You can always check for that. Uh, it's not the MS Statistics Agency. There are several agricultural corporations, agricultural information platforms that are able to provide some of this information. If you look at any other business, also, again, information is abundantly out there. The beauty about it is that you don't even have to do that yourself. If you come to Emmanuel Money and Company, we engage in hands-on research to support uh, ascertaining whether or not there is market demand for the products and services that you wish to engage in. Thank you so much. But we cannot have a conversation about business planning without talking about business growth. Now, I want to know if there are other things I need to consider to determine whether or not my business is growing. Because for me, in my head, I know that if I'm making more money than I did the last time, my business is growing. But are there any other determinants of growth besides increased revenue? Uh, yes. Uh, if you take a subscription service, for example, that does not make money off of the customer subscription, but makes money off of the advertisers. Your first leg of work, if you are running that type of business, your first leg of work is increasing how many people subscribe to that service. Mm -hmm. uh, Say, Jemima, you said in magazine today, yes. uh, it's a free 
magazine, that's the model, so you print it out and distribute it for free to your customers. Your first leg of work is to increase the readership of that magazine uh, before you start to charge anybody for advertising fees, mm-hmm. or you begin to become attractive for any advertiser out there. So increase user base, increase subscribers, is a way of tracking business growth. Uh, so those are not paying customers, those are the users of your service before you can monetize that. So there are several ways of looking at business growth. Um, revenue is not the only one. Uh, the revenue is the key one, so at some point you need to start uh, making some cash. All right. I think for every business, we all want to grow as fast as we can. We want to grow by a thousand percent by tomorrow, if possible. So is there such a thing as a business growing too yes. much and yes, too I fast? Yes. Is there such a thing as a business growing too fast and too much? And if that exists, is that a bad thing? Yes, it is a bad thing. Every business, the large businesses, the small businesses, everybody has to manage their growth. Growth always has to be managed. Uh, take an example. We have something that we call the business life cycle, the manual money way. If you start a business today, you're probably starting with a certain amount of resources, a certain amount of capability. Uh, you have two employees in your business, and you can only afford to, at scale, productively attend to 100 customers within your current resources. If at any point you decide to start catering to 200 customers within your current resources, you might tend to have an operational, uh, a reputational risk there. You may also lose your, your customers as a result of that because your quality of service may go down. So mm-hmm. you do only have resources to cater to 100 customers, which are pushing your business to cater to 200 customers. So you want to manage your business growth to gradually grow in terms of how many customers you cater to, how much work it produces within the resources that you have at the moment. So it's very, very important that business growth is managed. Growing too quickly may kill your reputation. It may kill um, any little project that you've made uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, it's a very, very important thing to look at, manage business growth. Something that you said that has really caught my attention is how there is a direct correlation between business governance and business growth. But what is business governance? Um, good question. I'll speak to one subject on business governance. Business governance is a, is a broad subject. It basically refers to uh, handling of uh, strategic matters of a business, operational matters of a business in, a, in an ethical and disciplined way. Uh, I'll speak to one thing that affects many small businesses, it's uh, liquidity management. Uh, so today you start a business, if we go back to the egg business that we've been speaking on, you receive some money and it goes into your wallet. Uh, you have uh, other things that you need to do with that money, but you do not bank it, you put it into your wallet. Mm-hmm. And even when you do bank it, you're the only signatory on that account. Um, when you have a challenge, a personal challenge away from the business, you go back into that account, you withdraw that money, and spend it on something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow morning, you wake up, you don't have any capital to buy new trades for your eggs. Governance mm-hmm. includes things such as ensuring that you have the right checks and balances to ensure that your cash in the business is well managed and dedicated to the things that will help us build the business forward. So it has several uh, facets, and these are largely unique to what kind of business we're talking about. But the cash one is something that is very general and every business has to look at you know, the checks and balances that are involved in uh, ensuring that the money for the business is dedicated to the business.
road are dominant issues. Could you kindly give us a brief idea of the other factors that are involved in business governance besides liquidity management? Um, so, depending on the business we're talking about, uh, I'll give an example of our business, uh, Emmanuel Mwale and Company. Um, so, to manage our growth uh, from a governance perspective, we have a certain set of products approved, uh, pre-approved for the new year. For example, this year we're rolling out business advisory. Uh, we didn't have it last year. Uh, it's something that we're rolling out now. The business advisory for the startup business owner or for the existing business owner. Uh, it's something that we're rolling out now. We have to get approval from our management team on rolling out this service. Uh, if we had rolled out this service much earlier, we may not have had the resources or the staffing to deliver on it. We may have had customers respond, and we may not have been able to cater to those customers. Managing what sort of services we provide is also something that can be covered under uh, as a risk management issue. Right. It's also part of that. Mr. Mwale, I need to ask, what characterizes excellent business governance? Uh, I think uh, it's, a moral, it's, a, it's a moral issue. It's, uh, if, you, if you start a business, you understand that you're now operating in an environment where you have to consider every other stakeholder. You've got your employees, your board of directors, and you've got your team, you've got to your customers. Governance is intended to ensure that you maintain integrity as a business as a management team across all of those tables where you're sitting. Your customers need to maintain integrity there. Your shareholders and the board need to maintain integrity there. Your employees need to maintain integrity there. So when setting up a governance premise, those are the things that you're intending on protecting. For your shareholders, governance would mean ensuring that capital that's dedicated for business growth is used for business growth. The governance premise that protects that is supposed to support the shareholder side of the table. Uh, issues to do with employees, that is another determinant for what kind of governance framework that is supposed to do for the business. So there are several, and they generally look at what kind of stakeholders we have for the business. Now to bring the topic to being a good manager, do you think that anybody can make an amazing manager, or do you think that it's still necessary to hire management services like the ones that you provide? Well, what we provide is management advisory. Um, we do not uh, give you staff. We do not give you employees. We are not an HR company. We provide management advisory. We support management, current management, in achieving their goals through the services that we provide. Uh, yes, everybody can become a good business manager. Every business has got its own thing that it wants to achieve. So you're definitely managing different things uh, in different businesses. And you want to look at what are those things that we're managing in this business. And you want to learn about how are we, or how am I going to enable myself to perform these activities very, very, very well. And with uh, support from organizations like Emmanuel Money and Company, you have the right partner to work with throughout the management of your business and support you in ensuring that you manage the business very well. Mr. Emmanuel Mwale, we cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day just to tell us the secrets about business planning and how to be amazing at business. But before you leave, how can we stay in touch with you? Right, so uh, thank you very much for having me on this program. So if uh, a listener out there would like to get in touch with uh, Emmanuel Mwale and company, we are available on 0762-166. Triple eight. That's zero seven six two one six six triple eight. That's our phone number. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd like to email us, we're available at info at imwaleandco.com. That's info at imwaleandco.com. We're available on uh, Facebook. Uh, that's the social media channel where we're very active. We're very active on LinkedIn as well. We're migrating our business online because of COVID-19. So mm-hmm. we'll be able to, be able to access us at www.imwaleandco.com. We have come to the end of the Economy and You show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to follow us everywhere on the internet. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Everywhere we are Unza Becca, but on Twitter we are Unza underscore Becca. Thank you so much. This has been Jemima Chella and peace out. <laughs>